What's going on, kids and heroes? I know it's been a few weeks, but welcome back to an all-new episode of Fewer Cast, our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast. We break down the week's Film Effect movie news from our full effect point of views. I'm Ed, and joining me as they do each and every week, the usual suspects, Jocelyn. Hey, guys. Andrew. Greetings and salutations. Justin. Hey, now. And Corey. Hi, everybody. Looking forward to getting back to the groove and shooting this shit with everyone. Should be a really entertaining episode as we got a lot to talk about and catch up on. Feels like there's been a lot going on lately. So without further ado, let's tighten that grip and bring on the Rick, 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 Rick. Since it's been a few weeks since our last episode, I just jotted down a list of things that I wanted to just bring up since I feel like there's been a lot of news and announcements dropping recently. So I figured we could, you know, still go around Robin and have everyone bring it up. Something to talk about, like, you know, when it's their turn. But since I had the most to talk about, I'll start off by talking a little bit about Scream 6, which opened up last weekend to franchise high numbers. Um, I'm assuming I'm the only person who's seen this movie. Yes, yes. Correct. I yeah. Know, I know yeah. no one else is jumping out of their seats to go see it. Um, Until it hits Paramount Plus, I will not be seeing it. <laughs> yeah, probably in a matter of time, probably in a few, yeah, about a month or so, probably it'll, it'll, it'll land on there. But, uh, now, um, you know, going into the film, it's getting pretty good reviews. And, uh, you know, I had my reservations. It's the sixth installment of a franchise where the last film just opened up a year ago. So I'm like, all right, let's see how this is. And somehow they did it. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, I'm not sure if this is... It, right now, I'm going back and forth between this one and Scream 2. Um, that is, like, my my favorite, like, Scream sequel or whatever you want to... However you want to put it, like... It's it's really good. Like the film starts off, no spoilers, but it just starts off in a different direction, and then it just from there just goes and like it's brutal. Like it is by far the bloodiest one, and I I just I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, they had some really cool ideas in this one. Um, you know, you of course you have your your tropes and what have you, but all in all, I was really impressed. I really went into it with no expectations, and I came out really enjoying it. Went back a few days later and saw it a second time, and it still holds up. Um, and I just tell I should, you know, I, I of course I because without saying I, I highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of you know the franchise. Um, you know, modern day slashers in general it's it's really good uh props to radio silence they got some really good ideas i mean they're killing it out there in the horror world and uh yeah it's only a matter of time before the seventh one gets announced so we'll see at this point it's inevitable i can't get behind a directing team who calls himself radio silence the only thing worse than that is the daniels yeah i'm not even it's they're not even called the daniels they're just called daniels no, whatever. They're, they're, they're that pretentious. No, I, I'm not sure where that name came from. I noticed three of them. Um, I was just listening to them today because they were on the the Dead Meat podcast. They're because they're friends with James and Chelsea over there. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean they seem like cool guys. And so far, you know, I like Ruddy or not. I like what they did with the, the last Scream film, and 
They kind of hinted towards not coming back for the next one. They said they would like to. They can't really see anyone else doing it but them since this is kind of like this new installment of the series is kind of like their baby but they also have other projects coming up one that we've talked about um more more recently the escape from new york uh sequel requel whatever have whatever it's gonna be that's still they they commented on that briefly they said that that's just in the very very early stages of development they want to let time they need time to figure out like where the actual rights of the of the first film fall into and 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 stuff like that and they they're just still fleshing out the plot plus they still got to get Kurt Russell to agree to it so you know they got a lot of work ahead of them on that one but right now they said that their next project is a universal film that they're shooting this summer they were kind of vague on if it's a like a franchise like an IP movie or if it's an original idea they were kind of like hinting towards an ip but something different like a little twist so i don't know we'll see um so yeah that's that's really um like i said i no one else has seen the movie except for me so i don't want to talk about anything else or, or hint towards anything just uh yeah go see it two thumbs up for sure um, you know, what else this past week, of course, The Last of Us wrapped up. I know all of us have not watched it or have not, or just don't care. I know, Justin, you have <laughs> thoughts. I, I just, I played the, the game and it's yours. my favorite video game of I all know, time. I know, Andrew, I know it's your favorite game. <laughs> I, right. everybody I know, knows I know that, we're going to sit down <laughs> I just say it again. and watch it, um, within the coming weeks. So, you know, better you know do what it happens justice. basically. But Justin, what's what 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 did you um what were you saying earlier in the in the text thread? My thing with it is, and let me just start by saying, I don't think it's bad or anything like that. I just there's a couple reasons why I couldn't get into it. I, I watched three episodes and I just checked out after that. Um, first of all, I, I just I'm way more into movies at the moment than I am TV shows. I just I I don't have have it in me to commit to new TV shows at this point. Um, I don't, it's just sort of just happened out of nowhere. Cause you know, I watch TV shows with my wife all the time. And for some reason, I just, I don't just not in the mood to commit to a show at this point. Okay. Um, so there was that going into it. The second thing is that, um, I'm just kind of burnt out on zombies or post post apocalyptic stuff at this point. Um, I mean, I'm always willing to give one a look. Um, cause I am a fan of the genre of both genres or when they combine. Um, and I kept reading stuff like two or three episodes were out before I started watching it. And I kept reading stuff about how like great and groundbreaking the show is. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to check it out. I wouldn't call it groundbreaking. I, well, that's I mean, the thing. I mean, it seems just like it's like with Top Gun. It's like, what am I not seeing that everybody else sees in these things? Like, it seems like every other zombie or post-apocalyptic. God damn, I can't say that fucking word. It's, it's a hard one. Post-apocalyptic. See, I can't even follow. <laughs> post-apocalyptic. <laughs> got everybody. Post-apocalyptic. Um, I, I just, it. I did not see what was so different about this one. Now, I understand, you know, I know that there's a lot of like queer representation in this one, and that's fantastic. I think that's great. But 
if you're having the queer representation go through the same beats as every other zombie show that came before it, I just don't see what's so groundbreaking about that. So I don't know. It just just wasn't my thing. I, I don't. I'm not trying to shit on it. Um, it's pretty beloved at this point, and that's cool. I'm glad people there. There's like that new cultural touchstone that everybody's kind of on board with. I just I just couldn't get into it. Um, I just wanted to jump in because I watched all the episodes, and I, obviously I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because I know. Uh, there's two people on the show right now that want to watch it. Um, but I'll just say from my end, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think it's just no. good TV. I don't I don't think it's groundbreaking. But I think what really makes this stand out over like Walking Dead is it just it's a very simple story. Like it's focusing on two characters. Those are your two characters. You know, you get other people that drop in and out but it knows what it's focusing on the central relationship and the post-apocalyptic stuff the zombie stuff, everything else is a backdrop and is commentary for other things. But the show, and it really knows, like they really understand what the video game was about. The video game is about the relationship between Joel and Ellie, and that's what the show is too. And I think that's why, for me, it really shines because they, I think they got the soul of the video game, did it very well, and obviously Pedro Pascal kicks ass. I, I love him and everything. Oh, hell yeah. So he's great as Joel. Ellie, eh, she's okay. I, I actually like the video game version a lot better, but um, yeah, I, I think that's why the show works so well for me. It, it's it's very simple in all its grand sets and um, special effects and everything else, and it's also uh, very true to the show. I mean, I mean, not the show, very true to the video game. Uh, you know, if you play the video game, it, it's just crazy, like, seeing certain sets and seeing the flashbacks like in my memory to play in the game so i had a great time i think it's a really good show and i think it's like i said just they get exactly what it it's supposed to be and they nail the relationship and that's the whole center of the show i think what it was when the show premiered because for the first like three or four weeks like the numbers the, the, the viewership was increasing which was something strange that I was noticing. Like, usually you see, like, a large number for the premiere, maybe a higher one for the second episode, but then it starts to drop. Not this. It kept on getting higher and higher as the episodes progressed. And I knew it wasn't going to continue the entire show, but, you know, it still was a sight to see. And I think what that was was when the, first, when the show first started, you had two groups primarily that were tuning in. You had... You know, of course, you know, the the fans of the IP, the, the fans of the games that, of, of course, wanted to see what they were doing, what they were going to do with their baby. That's me. And then, and then, right. And then you had your group of leftover Walking Dead fans, because that show just wrapped up. And, you know, I guess 12 seasons of that wasn't enough. They still had to get their zombie fix, you know, and and they tuned to this because it was the next best thing. Um, and then and I, they, I like a hundred percent agree with you because that's literally what I was gonna say too, Ed. Like you yeah. took the words out of and my then, mouth. <laughs> and then what happened with all that is you take these two groups, they tuned in, and then word of mouth, right? They saw, holy shit, this is fucking good. Like. It, it's not even just the zombie element and, and, and everything. It's it's like, it's like damn good writing. And I know a lot of it's taken word for word from the game. But even the game, having not played it myself, 
Andrew, you can back me up on this. It's one of the things it's known for is it's writing. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, sure, it's a post-apocalyptic game. They're zombies. They're not really zombies, but they're infected, if you will. That the has clickers. nothing to do with why that game is so good. The actual you, even on the show, mild spoiler alert, you don't even see them the, the last handful of episodes. Because it, it doesn't matter. It's it, right. It's the, not about that. It takes place in the post-apocalypse, sure, but it's not about that at all. You can take that entire scenario out of your head, and it would still be just as good. Yeah, you're right, Andrew. So, but yeah, um, you know, a little short, but still good overall. It was, it was it was a damn fun way to spend nine weeks. I'll tell you that much. So I enjoyed it. Bring and on the second succession. season. And now Succession. Bring on Succession, baby. Final ride. Can't wait. So, um, it's funny we're talking about games right now because that's something else that I've been getting into lately. Is I'm becoming a little bit of a gamer thanks to my brother getting <laughs> his PS4 to play for a little while. And uh, look, Andrew, I'm a gamer. Whatever you want to record a podcast, I'll be the host. You know, I got into the uh, Resident Evil games right off the bat because I uh, wanted to play the, the the remakes of two and three, and then after I beat them after a, a couple weeks. I wanted to play these newer games, so like I got like just sucked into Biohazard, and then I just beat Village last week, and like just like sitting here just waiting for the fucking Part Four remake to come out next week. So you know, got that going on, and then in in the middle of these games, I've been going back and revisiting GTA Vice City, so I picked up the remastered version of that. Just one of the relive my youth a little bit that's all it's been fun <laughs> Vice City is amazing and honestly Resident Evil 4 was a groundbreaking game in itself so that remake's gonna be off the chain I, well, I, I downloaded wait. the demo I played the chainsaw demo that was fun so I'm looking forward to the uh, the whole game overall <clears throat> so and then we had the Oscars of course this past weekend um you know yeah, my movie won. Won everything. Everything, everything <laughs> everywhere, all at once, just swept. <laughs> Suckers, just told you. swept it all. Wow. I mean... It's a good movie, though. I don't know. Yeah, it was it Ki Hoi Kwan? Like his, hey, his speech. that was awesome. Yeah. That was great. And then Brendan Fraser. I was like, oh, look, an Encino Man reunion. Both these guys <laughs> winning awards. And then J- Jamie Lee Curtis... Like, just fucking acknowledging the genre fans out there. That was awesome. Um, other than that, you know, cool. I mean, congrats, obviously, to uh, the whole the whole team behind that movie and, and everything that it, that it won. Uh, I was honestly surprised Brendan Fraser picked up Best Actor, but I'm very happy that he did because he deserved it. That was like one of those I didn't really see that coming. But. Oh, really? I thought oh, I he was saw it coming. Yeah. It's a good story. Were, like, I think redemption it, if, for of him. all the awards, Jamie Lee Curtis's um, win 
surprised me the most because I thought for sure Angela Bassett was going to win for Black Panther. But no, Jamie Lee. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's really cool seeing these actors with, you know, being acknowledged and, and being Academy Award winners now. I was kind of like taken back by Jamie Lee. Like, like that was her first Academy Award win. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, she deserved it too. She was great in that film. I mean, she, Angela Bassett was good too, but she was great. Did you guys see her post? I think it was like earlier today. Like she put her award like right next to her uh, her uh, auditor award that she got in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then you know, a couple more things. You know, this I I tell you right now. I raved about her last year when Scream came out. And I'll, and I'll continue to rave about her. Like I know a lot of people are probably sick to death of Jenna Ortega, but you know I, I put a lot of stock into her. So and it's still it's it's just paying off right now. And now she's in talks to being Beetlejuice too, because apparently that's finally happening. I just really look. I just say one more. Th- I just say one thing about Beetlejuice too, and I'll I'll pass the mic whoever wants to speak on this. I hope to God they're not going that fucking Hawaiian route that I've been hearing about <laughs> for years. That Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Because that was like seriously the sequel script that was going around Hollywood for the longest time. Please don't do that. Please. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Is Michael Keaton set to return? Yeah. Keaton, Burton, Ortega are like pretty much the confirmations right now. Ortega's Man, plan. Keaton is just looking back at his library and being like, what can I reprise? Well, Keaton's been very vocal. <laughs> he's always wanted to do a, a Beetlejuice sequel. Like, he has always been on board. Like, apparently that's the, has been his all-time I mean, favorite sh- role. Sure, that will probably make him a lot of money as well. Oh, I mean, he's got that Marvel money, I'm sure, still coming in. So, anyway. And, and the last thing I wanted to mention... Uh, this one's kind of newer. I, I messaged everyone last night, but Quentin Tarantino talking about his uh, his final film. He's finally letting the deets out on it. So it's the movie critic is potentially the title. And uh, he's supposed to be directing it this fall. I want to say somewhere today, I'm not sure if there was any any validity to this but apparently Jessica Chastain is supposed to be the lead in this movie Justin have you just heard about this or no I haven't seen that but I hope not she gets on my nerves (laughs) (laughs) not a bad actress at all she just annoys me (laughs) I just hate her (laughs) I do I don't know there's just something about her but according to the Hollywood Reporter it's supposed to be centered like uh, the story focuses on Pauline Kael one of the most influential movie critics of all time she passed away back in 2001 um she was also an essayist and a novelist um yeah I mean you know uh look this is gonna be Tarantino's you know final whatever what have you then i have faith it's gonna be good you know you guys actually buy that though like that's my thing like do i believe that it'll take some time off or come back as a producer or something but just that he's not gonna make any more movies after this yeah i buy it i buy it too i buy 100 percent. i i he's got other things that he's into he'll write i I can totally see he'll still write yeah 
and maybe he'll like direct like you know maybe television maybe he'll get yeah he's already like giving himself like he's cheating a little bit he's like well i won't make any more movies but i'll make like eight episode you know do eight episodes of a limited series like he's already announced something along those lines so yeah i i don't think he's going anywhere like he's very firm on retiring at 60 and guess what he happens to turn 60 later on this month so yeah i mean he disappeared after jackie brown for almost 10 years like i think if he really wants to do it i, I can see him absolutely it wasn't really 10 years it was like five but yeah for a good bit i don't think he meant literally that no, was about it was about seven it was five. Because Jackie Brown was <laughs> Kill Bill came out in Jackie Brown was 96 and Kill Bill was 2003. That was it three? Yeah, but Kill Bill yeah. also okay. got delayed an entire year because they split it up into two. It was supposed to come out in 2002. I don't, motherfucker, I don't care when it was I supposed to come out. It, it came out in 2003. Years, <laughs> years. And I was so pissed. Because I remember going in the fucking gangs in New York just to see that I wanted to see gangs in New York but it was also the, the first time that they dropped the, the Kill Bill trailer back when it was supposed to be just one movie <laughs> anyway those were the days so yeah Quentin Tarantino's final film and um you know I'm here for it it's it's you know last chance to dance so let's do it all right so let's move on to let's see let's see let's see jocelyn you brought a story to the episode what you want to talk about yeah i mean it's an old story um from a couple weeks ago but um ishana i think that's how you pronounce it ishana knight Shyamalan, which is m knight Shyamalan's daughter never heard of him um yeah um <laughs> she's making uh her feature directorial debut uh, with a new line thriller called The Watchers. And it's supposed to be coming out uh, summer 2024. So I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, I'm a big M. Night fan. Um, obviously, he has like a lot of, you know, movies with twists and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to stop at some point. Like we just talked about Quentin Tarantino and stuff. But it's just... Uh, it's just cool to me to know that there's like another generation of like, you know, possible like M night movies that are, you know, her following her father's footsteps. So I'm excited for it. And she also, um, what did she do? Yeah. She was also a writer and director on the show, the servant serves on Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. Which made her among, it said the article said among the youngest, uh, series writer director beginning at the age of 19. Um, and then she was also, what was it? Uh, directed second cabin on the, uh, the movie old and the movie knock at the cabin. So, I don't know. I'm just I'm just excited for it. Um, I love what her dad, you know, writes, directs, puts out. I love all of his movies because of you know everyone just waits for that twist at the end because you know it's coming. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if she's gonna like go the same way. I know this movie that she her debut film is gonna is based off of a book, so okay. I don't know. You know. 
how that's gonna go but i am curious to see what she does on her own you know with her next movie if she you know wants to go down that road of actually like writing and you know well i feel like out there for herself i feel like if she really wanted to swerve people she won't do any twists just do a dead simple straightforward (laughs) plot because everybody will be expecting the twist i hope not Well, you said it was New Line putting it out, which means it's actually Warner Brothers behind the wheel. Um, yeah, I mean, big studio for a first time. Got a lot of faith in her, I guess. She must have really uh, impressed them in her meeting. Yeah, it said New Line beat out other studios with a competitive bid. Well, so. because they got that Warner Brothers money, because Warner Brothers yeah. has New Line. So, yeah. Um, Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, well, I'll, Warner I'll Brothers check it puts out. all his movies out, right? Isn't Do what? all M Night's movies Warner Brothers movies? Lately, it's been Universal. Everything oh, since yeah, the Visitor right. right. or the Visit, whatever yeah. that film was called, was Universal. I know Old was Universal. Knock at the Cabin was Universal. I yeah, think he's right. only done one Warner Brothers film, and that was the um, Lady in the Water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Worked out great. Yeah, yeah, that's like my least favorite one. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty bad film. Oh shit! So I mean, yeah, I, um, I, I really, really, really like uh, Knock at the Cabin. So I'll definitely yeah. Be there yeah for I don't this. think we've we haven't talked about that yet. I watched no. it about like two weeks ago. I mean, I liked it, but it was it, obviously it's not uh, M Night original. It's you know it's based off a book, so there really wasn't a twist to it. You kind no of no twist. No. Yeah, like, I mean, you got the gist of what was going to happen just watching the trailer, you know, but I still I still enjoyed it. I liked it. I I thought that. um, uh, Oh, my God. What's his name? Batista. I'm drawing a blank. Batista. Yeah, I I, I thought he was incredible. I, I thought he did. Yeah, he really. It was a very complex role. He, like, he, he nailed was, like, it. The nice guy, but. He was also like kind of terrifying a little bit, but there was something really dark about him when right. he spoke. And I don't know, like I'd never seen him in a role like this before. Like he really, really fucking knocked it out of the park. And I'm just the entire time watching this movie, thinking to myself, "Dude, that's Dave Batista, whoop Triple H's ass at WrestleMania 21 for the belt, <laughs> you know." And now he's over here killing it in M Night Shyamalan films. I love it. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for him to walk into the cab and do his entrance. Do his fucking dance. Yes. Yes. Fucking saliva's playing. I walk alone inside. I love it. Inside this fucking cabin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's great. So, all right. Andrew, what do you want to talk about? So, I want to talk about James Gunn helming a new Superman movie that does not feature... Henry Cavill. Superman, more, you don't say. It's more of a younger Superman, apparently, he's going for. Um, you don't say. Yeah, I don't say. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I read the article earlier. Apparently, he was writing the film and was trepidatious upon directing it because he doesn't want to helm, like, a, I guess, an top-notch what, superhero film or whatever. Did he hint towards helming it himself when he gave that bullshit press release a few weeks back whenever it was when he when he was like it was about five weeks back but ultimately that's what i was you know gonna turn around to like i find this to be just complete bullshit like why why would henry cavill come back agree to be superman he was even in black adam spoiler alert but 
they just get rid of them so they could do another, Post another, another Superman fortune story. The spoiler, just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> all right, well, that's what uh, I'm fucking with you. Stop it. is no, all right, so. But I'm just saying, like, this whole story just irritates me. Like, Henry Cavill was so good at Superman. Man of Steel is a fantastic film. I understand that a lot of people didn't like Batman vs. Superman. I personally did, because I thought Ben Affleck was great as Batman. I thought Henry Cavill was great as Superman. One of my favorite comic book movies. I would not say that at all. I would not even put it in the top ten. I'm just saying, like, people shit on it. And I don't think it's that I'm fucking bad. i one of those people. I think it's fucking terrible. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Hey, you like what you like, I guess. To each their own. I've, I've, I mean, Man of Steel is fantastic. I hope Man we of all agree a lot upon better. that. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I'll agree on that. He's um, just a good goddamn Superman. I mean, for sure. I just, I, I'm curious what route he's going to go after this. And it's not just, like, him being a great Superman. Like, he he really helmed that character. Like, even when he was outside in the public. Like, you know, he was just a relatable guy and did fantastic as Superman. I don't understand why you would just get rid of him, especially after you agreed to come back. Well, it's one of those so, things where you just have to get over that one, dude. And, and No, I, I will deal. get over it. And I'm probably going to see this movie. They're fucking... After, they're as confused as us fans. Sure, sure. After, after, after the Flash movie, they're done with all, like, there's nobody else that they're using from that whole iteration of Justice League, right? Yeah, there's an Aquaman somebody? sequel after yeah. Flash. Well, That's the, what I, I was going to I mean, say the ones too, that are like... already filmed, yeah, I forgot about that, but the ones that are already filmed, in other words, once they're done with those, I think they just want a, a clean slate. They just want to start oh, fresh. Oh, it's a mess. So even it's I, a mess anyway. I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. Got... And I think James Gunn's just like, all right, let's just fucking start from scratch and, and try to build this thing up the right way this time. Well, Hopefully I, they get it right this time. I read the other day <laughs> that Gal Gadot shows up in Shazam. I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, fucking... the whole thing has just been shit. It's been a shit show almost from day one. It's crazy. is this fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was like, if you're disappointed that they got rid of him or Cavill, like, you should Gunn. just be disappointed in the just, whole. DC you're gonna have to get over that one, little brother, because it's just you know, it hit, time to hit the reset button. It's been long overdue. Um, yeah, even though it's not the final film technically of the the the, the, the Snyder saga. I view the Flash as like the farewell to like that that whole Snyder saga in the form of a multiverse. That's how they're gonna get around changing things and shit. So you know, yeah, it is what it I, is. I mean, I'm disappointed Cavill's not coming back too, and you know, like a lot of the other actors, I I think they're all good, but I think my excitement for James Gunn outweighs that what because are, he's an I actual missing? fucking filmmaker. You two are like. I'm going to miss Henry Cavill. I'm sitting over here like, I could give two shits about Henry Cavill being Superman. I, I think he was good. I think he was a good pick, but I think James Gunn, like, nothing against Zack Snyder, but I'll fucking take James Gunn any goddamn day of the week over him. Like, I, I'm sorry. I think James Gunn's a much better filmmaker and writer. All I remember is the mustache. The great mustache of 2018. That's the, that's the Superman I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have him grow out a mustache and then CGI over it. I'll watch. I'll watch four Superman. Movies Thank you, Tom you Cruise. That. Thank you for that fucking controversy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wait, what are you doing? But I gotta. I gotta shave my my stash, Tom. I gotta go back for reshoots for Superman. 
but we got super, we got reshoots too. You can't you can't shave your beard or your mustache. All right, uh, Justin. Um, what was my story? Oh yeah, so <laughs> what was um, my story? What did I want to talk about? <laughs> um, th this has been kicked around a little bit over the past few years. Um, but it sounds like they're finally moving forward with the um the Blade Runner Blade Runner twenty forty nine sequel series blade runner 2099 uh, 2099 um on amazon prime and they got um one of the you know if you're a game of thrones fan you'd recognize this game this guy's name in the credits um directed a bunch of episodes jeremy podeswa i think his name is or i'm sure i'm not pronouncing it right um but yeah um they, they you know ever since 2049 came out they've been you know not long after i read about the possibility of a series so it sounds like it might actually be happening i'm not overly excited about the idea but um you know if it's good that'll be awesome i i love the blade runner universe i like i still like the first one better than 2049 i know there's some people that think that 2049 is even better um but it, you know, it it's an interesting universe, um, and if they do it well, I'll certainly watch more of it. Yeah, I'm excited. Probably really I love, intrigued. I love Blade Runner, so I mean, I'm totally down to watch any sort of new material you give me about that. Yeah. Is it? it I mean, I, I, I really, I really like that Blade it. Runner sequel that you know came out. What what was it, like six, seven years ago? The 2049, like I think it was. Yeah, it's good. I haven't yeah, seen really either good. of them, but I, I would like to. I mean, I hear good things. Uh, so. The original Blade Runner is an all-time classic. I think that movie is fantastic, but I thought the sequel was very... Um, it worked well with it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't think a, of a better for word a, for that. I don't know why. A sequel that <laughs> came out about 20 years after the fact, it, it worked surprisingly well. Harrison yeah. Ford's in both of them, correct? Yeah. Okay. Not as much. He's more of a, a supporting actor in the second one. He's, he's the star of the first one. Gotcha. Yeah, Gosling is the uh, star, the star in the of second the second one. one. But, yeah. Yeah, the sequel's really good. It's just, like, it feels like a blade... Like, it feels like a continuation. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is 25 years later. Like, this sets right. everything down to it. It feels like the same world, and we're dropped right back in. And I saw an IMAX, and holy shit. <laughs> that was an experience right there. Yeah, I'm mad at myself for... I, I wanted to get to the theater to see it and just never made it for whatever reason. I'm mad at myself for that. I, I saw the original one in theaters when I was a kid, and that's it's like one of those like formative, memorable viewing experiences that I have. Um, Before we move on, unless anybody else had anything, I just wanted to say, like, I remember seeing it opening weekend in IMAX, and there was like seven people in the huge-ass theater. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, this isn't going to do well, is it? And so I'm happy we're getting the TV show now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it surprises it's a, me. It, it is surprising because the the movie was kind of a flop. and A big flop, yeah, because they yeah, spent a shitload of money. Right, not a cheap movie. And um, But I think the fact that it is kind of beloved, maybe, you know, they were like, okay, there's there's got to be some interest here for this. Yeah. Or Amazon just has money to burn. They spent like a billion dollars on that Lord of the Rings series that nobody seems to like. So they're just like, fuck it, let's throw away, throw away another couple hundred million. Yeah. That was my yeah, other my question. Like, 
I was going to question like Prime and like they're just acquisitions of these like IP titles and stuff like that. Like, did the Lord of the Rings series even like was that even a success for Amazon? I don't, I don't think know. so. My wife and I watched about half of it and stopped. We just it was okay. Like it wasn't Yikes. bad. It was very well done. It just didn't grab us like other shows do. Sitting here we waiting watched... for Jocelyn to chime in. <laughs> we watched the whole thing, but I'm like, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings Hobbit like nerd. So, um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like I, I would much rather watch Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit any day over that show. I mean, there was a couple times. It was very slow in a lot of the episodes, especially at the mm-hmm. beginning. Probably why Corey like drifted off a little bit from it. But I remember just sitting there watching it and like my eyes getting really heavy. So yeah, in the think, middle of the day, like when I shouldn't be tired. <laughs> I think to a person, like everything that I've read says what you what you two have said yeah. about it. Like I mean, it's good. It, like, it's like it's, the best I heard is <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. You know, it's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Yikes. it's nice to see, like, the backstory and stuff, but, like, I mean, I'd rather... But it's made up, right? It's not well, Tolkien's backstory. It's, like, a made-up, like, you know, right. it's, like, a I new mean, version. It's based off of... They got the they got the story, I think, from, like, his son. It's based off of, like, stories that he told his children and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it has some kind of, like, you know, it comes from the family. But it's obviously, okay. you know, they're gonna put like their own twist on it and everything so yeah all right Corey. all right so mine's a simple one it's not going to be like a deep discussion or anything like that but <laughs> i just have a soft spot for the show um and i was just very happy when it popped up in my feed that it was um getting a release and that's uh mr monk's last case a monk movie is coming to peacock and some people might roll their eyes, but I'll first say this. I fucking love Tony Shalhoub. Uh, anything he's in, pretty much, uh, I love. He's great on that Miss Maisel show. Like, he's my favorite part of that show. He was the Bob um, in right 13 now. Ghosts. Yeah, 13 Ghosts. And then uh, Painting Gain. He was uh, fucking love hilarious. The El Dad. Yeah, who, who El, El Dad. Dad. Um, you know, so he's just great. And uh, Monk was always, like, my go-to, like, show I would just pop on. It would be in the background and I'd be doing whatever I had to do, like, you know, cleaning or folding laundry or, you know, organizing movies or whatever I was doing. That was like my go to just put on in the background, harmless, you know, TV show that I would watch because I've always liked the, you know, mystery of the week. And I've, you know, I'm a little OCD myself. So, like, you know, my house is always neat and clean. Like, I can't go with stuff out of order. So I, I always related to Monk. So. I love the show. I think it's cool. They're uh, bringing everybody back. Uh, from what I read in the article on Collider, all the main uh, stars are coming back. So Tony Shalhoub, Ted Levine, um, all the supporting actors. And it's going to be uh, a big mystery surrounding his um, stepdaughter, I believe, or something like that. It's been a while since I watched the show. Mm. It ended, what, like 11 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited. It'll be a harmless little movie to continue off on. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to throw that in there. I just I, love Monk. I don't know if anybody else ever watched it on here. I've actually never watched Monk before. Is like what is Explain it to me from a person that's never even heard of it. So, I've so at least Monk, heard of it. Yeah, so Monk uh he plays um he used to be a pol- um police detective and his wife got uh was a reporter and got murdered and he always had OCD even when he was a police officer, but after his wife got murdered 
he got really bad OCD and then he became like agoraphobic where he wouldn't go outside. And basically he just shut himself off from the world and didn't do anything. He gets a new nurse slash helper called Sharona and she kind of brings Monk out of his shell and he starts as a consultant for the San Francisco police where he basically, they bring him in every week to solve the hard case that nobody can solve and Monk solves it in his weird, <laughs> goofy way as he has his like OCD rules where he has to have a wipe every time he touches somebody or he has to count or open the door a certain amount of times. So it's just, you know, interesting take on the mystery of the week because your lead is an OCD kind of wimp. And uh, his nurse assistant, Sharona, is kind of like the tough, tough guy in the episode. So it, it was interesting uh, to me. Like, and Tony Shalhoub just is excellent as a monk. Um, Yeah, I don't really have much to comment on it because I've never watched Monk before. I mean, I'm aware of it. I'm, I'm surprised when you said it's been off the air for 11 years. It's been that long. Damn. Yeah, something like that. I think 2012, 2010, somewhere around there is when the last season aired because that show was 2009. No, yeah. 14 years. Jesus. 14 years, yep. But I know they've already had a movie once, right? Didn't they have a movie that came out a handful of years ago that involved, like, his his actual father or something like that? It might have been. I don't remember. I probably watched it and forgot about it. That's... (laughs) Like, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember a lot of the story threads from the show. I would just pop on it. <laughs> I gotcha. Dip in and so out, long. but I, I just like it, yeah. Yeah. Another Psych one. was kind of the same way. Psych I and was that just about to say Psych. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say Psych's another one that always comes back with a movie or something. That was on USA. Yeah, just harmless fun. Yeah. Um... Shit, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, we were talking about the Oscars earlier, and, you know, for the life of me, I don't even know why they try anymore. I don't know, I don't even know why they go through with having an in-memoriam segment if they're going to admit, like, half the people that should be on there. Like, why even have it? Like, they, you and of course, you know, if, if you've been under a rock and don't know what the hell I'm talking about, like, you know, there's... Paul Sorvino, for the life of me, I don't know how the hell you neglect to include Paul Sorvino in the Academy Awards in memoriam. You know, people like Anne Heche. I, I can understand why they didn't, they chose not to talk or bring up Tom Sizemore for obvious reasons. His later life, his actions were, uh, you know. Yeah, but he was self-destructive, right? Like, he didn't ever hurt anybody else, did he? Or am I forgetting an incident that he had where he, like... I'm pretty sure there was a sexual harassment case or, Is or a case or an incident that in the later years... I, I want to... I want to I say I vaguely remember it. If I pull it up... Domestic abuse. Okay, I was going to say, I think, I think that he and can hide sexual abuse allegations. the shit out of Okay, sexual yeah, abuse. Okay. okay, so I was right. So... Still, I mean, because I, to me, when you think of Tom Sizemore, he's like the ultimate '90s character actor. He's like like that guy from the '90s that like. That's what I was thinking when I was looking through his movies today. Yeah, <laughs> he's also Sonny in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which you're playing currently. Correct. And, and you know, because like he was like you know, and uh, um, not Reservoir Dogs, but uh, uh, True Romance, of course, you know. Um, Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers was the other one. Heat, yeah, Jesus, Heat. 
he actually got to play the leading man in, in the relic from 1997 <laughs> underrated horror movie um and and i'm so also surprised that the academy didn't mention uh leslie jordan do you think topol's death was a little too soon for them to get recognized I don't know. All they gotta do is grab a, a three second clip. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they could have. Like nowadays, it's not hard. I to, just don't like, know why they even bother the doing it when when half the people that because they 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 choose to bring up acknowledge people that you know like, like sound production people, like people that the industry only knows of. That us people, unless you like really know the ins and outs of the industry, like you're not gonna know who a lot of these people are. Like you can choose to, you know, maybe admit them for more well-known people. Because isn't this what? That's I don't, you know, probably a lot of personal politics involved too. Like I don't know who Paul Savino uh, pissed off in Hollywood, but um, like you said, size more. I can see people not liking him. And Anne H had a pretty bad reputation, I think. Um, so I, I bet that has a lot to do with it. Well, Anne H's death was rather, yeah. Still, I just, I, I, I just know. think, I, I, not sucks. to speak ill of the dead. I, I right. this isn't my opinion. I just, I think that she was not like people just didn't like her. I just think not... they should just drop it all together, you know. And if you're gonna blame it on, you know, time, then maybe you should, you know, focus less on Lenny Kravitz playing the guitar. Or, you know, or, or maybe... Drop the whole fucking show. I noticed, like, they they like they talk, like you said, they talk about how long it is and the time and all that. It was 28 minutes into the show before they finally got to an acting category. Like, Jimmy Kimmel talks for, like, 15 minutes. Then they had, then they did, like, best... What, did, what was the first? It wasn't even best animation, was it? It was something just, like, weird. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but, but I. It was just poorly paced, and that's then, weird. Usually, the Academy, the first two awards, is used to be an actors. acting award, right? Supporting actors, and they right. didn't do they. They mixed it up. That was like the second and third awards for some reason. Huh. And it, like it's like twenty eight minutes into the show, like no wonder people fucking zone out. You're not giving them anything to look at. And then there were like actual commercials built into the show itself. I'm not talking about the commercial breaks. Like two people would come out, like they're going to be presenting an award. And then they do a commercial for the Little Mermaid. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" It was crazy, and they, they did this like two or three times, like with, um, uh, like a Walt Disney Museum or something like that, or uh, or a Warner Brothers Museum. I don't know. There was just like a couple times where they had actual commercials built into the show itself, hey, and it's hey, like, hey, Justin, no wonder people tune out. Hey, Justin, yeah, what'd you think of that Little Mermaid trailer? I didn't watch. I like. I, I had <laughs> my wife and I on a show like that. We'll DVR it and then start watching like an hour later. Like we do all our stuff around the house and and Dude. then and then so we can skip through commercials. We end up catching up to it eventually. But no, I skipped right through Dude, a little more. Any, I, I don't. Did have anybody any watch that trailer? Anybody? No one. I mean, say I did. None of you guys watched the trailer for Little Mermaid. No, nope. well, not really the target demo. I'm the only, yeah, exactly. I'm the only yeah, fucking <laughs> slob who watched that trailer. I mean, we what, we we've watched the trailer for Little Mermaid. I probably Yikes. haven't seen Little Mermaid in like two decades. All right, well, well coming from someone, think of the coming from <laughs> someone who's like, it's one, of, I, I'm, I'm a, it's a, one of my favorite Disney films. I love it. Really? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay. It looks <laughs> you do you, bro. like fucking. Okay. I'll sit there with my rubbish. Lion King. You got your little mermaid doll. Okay, I got it. Oh, I ne- for for starters, I never collected dolls like that, Corey. So you know, <laughs> they're action figures. Exactly. They were action figures. Okay, I had a little flounder figure. So. No, um, I'm just waiting to see a Little Mermaid poster hanging in Friday Thirteen Part Seven or I've something. Been, always been down the Little Mermaid. Fuck off! But it looks fucking absolute rubbish. It looks god awful. <laughs> like I don't. Like, why? What are we doing here? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I could say that hasn't either already been said or you. You. You just know. You've seen the trailer. You know. <laughs> so it's one of those things. I don't know. I groan every time I see another trailer or a live-action Disney movie. I don't even All know why they're doing like it. Shit to me, because they're like they're making these characters like they don't even look like actual characters. They just look like like real animals. Like Flounder they just looks like a fucking perch. Or well, they're, they're making it for Sebastian looks Not like you a fucking Maryland crab. Yeah, it's, it's just. <laughs> I know they ain't making it for me, but and that's why I don't even fucking pay attention anymore. Yeah, right. First, but I'm saying they're that's, not even making it for kids. But it, they're, Everybody, they're making it for themselves. For they're, they're just patting themselves on the back. Like, Look what we can do. No, they don't do anything for that reason. It's everything's money. So obviously they're making enough money on these things, and then merchandising on top of it. I will you, say, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this prediction. <laughs> I predict that the Little Mermaid is going to. Disney's gonna lose at least two hundred million dollars off this movie. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. I, I just do not see everyone running for the theater to see it in May. I don't. I think it's gonna be a flop. Nah, I'll wait till Disney Plus puts it out. Yeah, sure. a lot of people are gonna be under that fucking mindset. They're not gonna. They they've seen the trailer now. They ain't rushing to go see this. No one watched that trailer, that three minute trailer last Sunday night. And said afterwards, I can't wait to see that. No. But just imagine if Madeline was four or five again and saw that trailer. Your ass would be dragging yourself to the theater to Absolutely go watch not. Mads. My kid would not be wanting to see I, I know my kid. When she was four or five years old and that trailer popped up, she, she it wouldn't have phased her. It's too realistic for starters. It's, it doesn't. That's why I question who's it for. Cause it's not even really for kids either. Like I'm, I, I, I mean, my, yeah, I was gonna say my daughter's. She just turned ten the other nothing day. Nothing about so, it appeals she, to children. It's yeah, too realistic. Like she doesn't care. Right. Yeah. There's no like over the top characters and shit. They've dumbed them not not done them down, but they've just diluted them to just realistic creatures that there's no there, there there's there's nothing memorable about that, you know. There's no big, there's like, no big yellow, you know, happy fish named Flounder in this one. He's just a little fucking, like I said before, like this little perch-looking fucking fish flopping around. But like, am I missing something? Because like, Lion King was fucking huge. Like when the the new Lion King. Yeah, Lion King got like everyone's millions. Lion King's the film that stole everyone's millions and billions of dollars, and they were like, "Ha ha!" And everyone realized after that they were they were just like, "Never again." They saw Lion King, and they said afterwards, "Never again." They're never gonna get my money. <laughs> they stole. <laughs> they came. That was a little like that little test dummy project that, that they had out there that they put out for the masses. So, that and Aladdin. 
I saw Aladdin. Holy shit. Anyway. <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's move on now to... Uh, well, this is really nothing to talk about in the, in the form of trailers. Let's move all right on over to Weekly Recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? And I'm going to have Andrew start off this week. No, you're gonna not. Rec- oh, I'm not. <laughs> Jocelyn, I stand corrected. Jocelyn's going to start off this week with her recommendation. All right, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I Actually, Greg watched this movie a while ago and he was telling me about it and he was like you really should watch it i think you'll really like it a lot no (laughs) not bandits (laughs) um it's actually thoroughbreds uh with olivia cook and anya taylor joy i don't know if any of you heard of the film never seen it i think i think maybe like like the maybe the first film effect episode i did i might have talked about that movie because i just watched it and that was like my one of my recommends yeah, yeah it's a good movie. I, I watched it. Um, I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, so I was like, I'm gonna watch some things that you know my husband's recommended, and I was just like, nah, at the time. Um, so yeah, I watched it, and I really liked it a lot. Um, like I, I mean, I'm like I said, like I wasn't like a big fan of Anya Taylor Joy, but like every single time I see her in something, I like her more and more and more and more, and definitely olivia cook's role in this just the way that like um you know like in the movie she can like turn on emotion and turn it off and stuff and it just i I don't know i just was like mesmerized by her role i thought she did an incredible job um and it's just like a really interesting movie it's basically about like two friends that you know um something happens with one of them and they kind of just like I, i guess like go their separate ways or kind of like you know go their own way and distance and stuff like that but then they come back together for like tutoring and they come up with like this way i don't want to like give away too much but like they hatch a plan together to try to take somebody out and it's just nice to see like their the way that the relationship is it's kind of like strange at first and awkward but um it's i think they connect really well and it's a really good movie um I wouldn't really say like it's a I was about to say it's a fun movie, but I wouldn't really say it's a fun movie, but <laughs> it's I don't know. It's it's just a good movie. It's a, it's really a movie, good movie you recommend to the masses. Yeah, if you have a chance go see it. Um well not go see it, but you know, check it out at check home. Check it out. I definitely enjoyed it and I'm glad that I watched it. So you should check it out too. Right. Hey, you're coming around on Anya Taylor Joy. Uh yeah. I mean <laughs> I'm just I don't know she's really fucking good at what she does so I and and I'll be the first to say that you know I'll bite my tongue and and admit it when I'm wrong so I was wrong <laughs> it, it's all good alright well Justin who are you what are you gonna, gonna recommend to the masses Andrew you gonna say something I was gonna say I'm ready but Justin can go oh, okay um I'm going to recommend, I've had, since we've all last talked, I've seen a lot of good stuff recently, so I was kind of wondering which one to go with. Um, I'm going to go with this movie called Teeth. Have any of you guys seen that? Oh, oh yeah. You know oh, man. About? Oh, yes. I know what Teeth is. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about it when it first came out, and I was like, that sounds like it could be interesting. And then I just kind of forgot about it. 
<clears throat> and then I would see it on like Netflix or wherever. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that movie I wanted to see. And I was just never like, I kind of lost the, the interest that I initially had for it. It's been on cable a lot lately. So finally, like I just happened to like was flipping around Saturday night and, and caught it just as it was coming on. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm finally going to watch this movie. And I'm glad I did because I really liked it. Um, it has some problems. It's it's not a perfect movie by any means. No. But I was surprised by how funny it was. Um, intentionally funny. You were surprised like I was by how that. funny the film with the woman with the fucking vagina with teeth like that that movie you were surprised by <laughs> because how i thought it was, was gonna be like a like corny like a corny horror movie like it i know people are like reevaluating that movie jennifer's body I, I don't like that movie i thought this was going to be along those lines um but i i enjoyed this much more and, and thought it was like legitimately like you know a very funny movie and it was it was like much gorier and more graphic i thought it would kind of hint around at the fact that she had teeth in her vagina and she was like biting guys cocks off with it but um it gets pretty graphic and, and shows a lot of like yeah. bitten off cocks so um yeah it's it, it's it's very funny very graphic and the 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 girl in the lead jess wexler woman i shouldn't call her girl um or, or wexler i'm not sure how you say her name i've never seen her in anything else but i thought she was fantastic um she goes through a real arc through the story. She and, and she's very funny. Um, just quickly, if you don't know what it's about, it, it starts off. It's about this girl who's like uh, uber religious and is like you know committed herself to like chastity and purity. Um, she she speaks at her church to kids about not having sex, um, and then this new guy starts attending the church and the groups that she goes to and, and there's obviously an attraction between her and him and um you know as it progresses we've already talked about it you find out that she has um you know vagina dentata they call it she has teeth in her vagina and it just becomes a movie about consent and um you know, every guy in the movie is a real shithead. So it's it's a little too on the nose at points. Um, but for the most part, I, I think it, it it's done very well. Um, there's a subplot with the stepbrother. They, they could have just cut that out of the movie completely. That did not need to be in it at all. Um, and the movie wouldn't have lost anything. But check it out. Um, I was very surprised by how much I, I did like it. All right. Did you not like it, Ed? You, you you seem like maybe you didn't like it. No, I mean I haven't seen it in a long ass time. I, I, it's one of them films I saw when it first came out back in what, like two thousand seven or eight. Seven. Yeah. yeah. It's been a minute, and it's like I, I want to say it's a movie that actually me and Sean watched when um he was like one of the first films we watched together. I want to say. It's been a long, uh, long ass time, so I really don't have yeah, much check of an it opinion out again. on it. Check it out I remember again. Liking it's, it's it. Worth it. Yeah, I remember liking it. I thought it had a good sense of humor about it. Well, there you go then. Um. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next if you would like. Go. All right. So my recommendation this week is a movie called Charms. It was released in 1973. However, <laughs> when I click on the image, it says the game, the, the fucking thing is called Hex. It's a PG 
horror film that lasts an hour and 32 minutes. In 1919, Nebraska, a motorcycle gang stops by a farm run by two sisters, two people that I've never heard of, in parentheses, with occult powers. <laughs> you could buy it for $3 on Prime Video, and it features nobody you've ever heard of outside of Gary Busey. Right? You want to see that? I don't. I'm kidding. I don't even know what the, the fuck is going on right now. Is this, is this one of them like... <laughs> I have no idea It's Charmed or Hex on. or some shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I would mean, watch it, but I don't know what movie I'm looking at. I don't know what title I'm supposed to look I don't know. The image, here on Google, the image here on Google says it's called Charms, but if I click it, it says the movie is called Hex. A lot of the films from the 70s and 80s were like that. They, they, yeah. They are, Multiple titles. Yeah. Well, it's... It's got I mean, a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Blood Rage has like four different titles. <laughs> I love it. The movie I actually want to recommend, though, is Mean Streets. It's probably my top three Martin Scorsese films. It's got Robert De Niro and Henry Keitel, or Harvey Keitel. And it's about uh, just the mob life in Little Italy back in the day. And I thoroughly enjoy this film. I remember actually Sean introduced it to me. Um, and I've, I've loved it ever since. Um, it's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, but more or less, it's a Martin Scorsese film that if you haven't seen, I highly recommend you do so. Well, there you go. I'm looking at my copy of it right now, Blu-ray. Uh, no, you're looking at my copy of it right now. You walk part <laughs> that along with yeah. fucking King of Comedy yeah. and all my Wong Kar Wai movies that you still haven't watched four years later. Give it back. Actually, you can I... you can watch it for free on Prime Video, by the way, Mean Streets. No, Mr. Comedian over here. I'm actually he's referring to his collection, which is actually sitting over around for me, which I'm not looking at. I'm looking at <laughs> the Blu-ray copy I got from when Sean gave me his oh, movies. Yeah. Mine's not Blu-ray, motherfucker. Right. So yeah, <laughs> but you're right though. You are right. It is sitting there. King of Comedy, a bunch of other stuff. We'll get to them. <laughs> we'll get to them. All right. Well, be, uh, before Corey, I think it's just me and Corey, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll let you go last, Corey. I'm going to go. Uh, so I actually, I, I just got done watching this recently. And like it, it, class of 1984. Has anyone else ever seen this movie? I saw it like you know when I was twelve years old or whatever. I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> you were about watching, it. I, so you you have a copy. I need to borrow it. Yeah, I got this. a copy. Yeah, definitely. Right, yeah, I'll I'll borrow borrow. I, I got eighty four and I got class nineteen ninety nine as well. I watch both. Uh, yeah, Perry King, Timothy Van Patten. Holy shit, Timothy Van Patten is a motherfucker in this movie. A very young Michael J. Fox and Roddy McDowell. It's a good movie, dude. The ending's a little bit much. Um, it's pretty graphic, not gonna lie, the last, like, half hour or so, but, um, like, it's, it's a typical, it's like the teachers versus the students, like, this little gang in this school going on, led by Timothy Van Patten's character, teacher, teacher, and, uh, like I said, little Michael J. Fox is running around, it's a band geek, because the film's from 82, like, this was either right when he started Family Ties or before he landed the role in Family Ties. He's very fucking young in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, I've seen Roddy McDowell in some stuff. 
this might be my favorite Roddy McDowell performance. I gotta say though, like he's really good in this movie. He better than Shockma. He fucking Shockma. Shut up! I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, dude, he he's got this way of playing it off. Like his character does like a complete one eighty throughout the movie, and like it's just it's something you gotta see. It's just overall the movie's got some really good acting. Um, like I said, it 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 gets really heavy on the uh, exploitation stuff towards the end of it because you know it's the early 80s it was around that time it's got that influence all around it but um hey man any any, any movie where i can hear fears let's have a war in the opening five minutes i'm happy you know it's it's one of those movies so yeah it's a trauma movie right am i remembering that no, it's correctly? not a trauma movie it's no. not a trauma okay no and alice cooper actually sings the uh the 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 theme song from the movie and it actually like when the song plays it makes the film feel like you're watching like an after school special or something or something that should like a like a theme song to like a like a ABC you know teenage show or something I don't know it's it's weird but um yeah class 1984 I was pretty goddamn impressed with it and I was happy with it at the end so uh, check it out. Uh, I'm sure it's on Tubi or one of them streaming services. I don't know. I own a Scream Factory copy of it on Blu-ray, so that's how I watched it. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, Corey, what are you uh, going to propose our listeners watch this week? Um, so I recently picked this one up. Uh, actually, Vestron put it out, um, and that's the Dentist Collection. Yes! Uh, Dentist 1 and 2. I got it myself. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan. Uh, not so much the sequel, but the first one. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's Corbin Burnson, uh Plays a psychotic dentist who basically molests and kills patients. Um, and as for someone who has always hated going to the dentist, I had a terrible experience when I was a kid having a cavity drilled and I hate going to the dentist. So when I saw this film in the mid nineties in the blockbuster with the cover, I was sold instantly. Uh, and I've always loved it. You know, is it a great film? No, but it's like that cheesy mid nineties horror that, uh, Brian Yuzna is so great at, uh, he's the director. So, uh, a huge fan of his, uh, by the way, in general. He's great at like the schlock uh, B movies from the 90s. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a fun film. Corbin Burnson's awesome as the crazy dentist. Uh, and if you pick it up, I mean, it's pretty cheap. You get both movies, a cool slip cover on Vestron. I think I, it was like 15 bucks or something like that. So you can't go wrong with uh, checking that one out. So good times. All right. Well, Guess that's going to be that for this week's Fury Cast. But before we depart, we'll remind our listeners about our never running collection of film effect content that can be found over at the archive, which is over at the website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com, as well as all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and your mom.com. If you're not following us on Facebook or Twitter, then there's a problem. The Film Effect Podcast on Facebook, at Film Effect Pod on Twitter. And if you really want to like this podcast, like you really, you really enjoyed us, then please leave a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, or directly on our website. Your honesty is always appreciated, and it really does help out the show, and it leads to more and more exposure for us. 
And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks again for my co-hosts for all they do and to all our listeners for staying true. And until next time, I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And I'm Corey. And this has been another episode of Furycast. Over and out. We're back, bitches. Oh, play with me.